follow-up to episode two. It is a Facebook Live discussion where we engage the Facebook audience on text and answer questions and give more context to the episode. Please listen to episode two to understand the context of this discussion. You can tune in and participate to our Facebook Live discussions by going to facebook.com slash page. That's U-M-M-Z-A-K-I-Y-Y-A-H-P-A-G-E or facebook.com slash Khalil Ismail every Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulullah. Amma ba'ad. Okay. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We're back with discussing live the the label deep uh podcast and in this last season we we talked about um one of the main things we talked about is I had an arab teacher who said that black people could not be muslim <laughs> so inshallah but we we have and then we're also as i as i mentioned we're going to be talking about the how music and the, the way that music is taught today, not necessarily the, the, the rulings on it per se, but the way that music is taught today, it has a lot of uh, anti-Black racism involved in it. And also how people's reactions to the Black Panther movie, depending on whether they're Black or whether they're um, from another background, relates to a lot of this, what we're talking about now. And you don't have to have watched the Black Panther movie to appreciate the conversation because we're going to be um, really relating it all to um, racism. And just to be clear, like a lot of the, the stories that I um, talked about, I, I was reading from here. I know some of it's back. It's probably backwards, you know. Um, so anyway, this is the book I was reading from. So with that, um, I'm going to let Khalil Smile introduce a little bit uh, <laughs> because... Yeah, because I think you have. <laughs> You're more prepared. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh to everyone. Um, good to see everyone here. So, uh, to get started, though, I know, right? Like, well, Angela, what in the world was that? We, I, I was looking like, <laughs> what the heck was that? I don't know what that where that came from. <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna get started, and we're gonna. Um, um, I guess we're going to start. We're, we're going to talk about uh, the last podcast. I don't know if you all heard. If you didn't hear, we have a podcast called Label Deep where we discuss prejudice and racism within the uh, Muslim community uh, based off the book Prejudice Bones in My Body by Om Zakia. And uh, this last uh, episode that we did, and by the way, you can get the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music or Stitcher. And if you have a podcast medium that you listen to, just hit us up. Let us know. We'll try our best to get it on there. But it's on the major um, podcast mediums. But anyways, so uh, this last um, this last podcast was a doozy because she started talking about like she had a teacher, <laughs> like she had a teacher in public school who basically told her that you know regularly called them monkeys. Yes, <laughs> this is an Arab teacher that regularly called them monkeys as she's growing up. Uh, and then, yes. um, and then, Muslim. yeah, this, this, this is, yeah, the Muslim teacher, uh, I'm going to qu- quotation marks. And then, um, and then we had, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, now. <laughs> and then we had, uh, which we'll call it. And then after that, she goes and she travels, um, and she's studying. And in her travel, she hears from a major sheikh that, uh, you know, basically a black woman 
is less attractive. The lesson he was teaching basically was the gist of it was a black woman was less attractive than other women. Uh, so, you know, how could other women be, you know, um, less modest than a black woman, you know, who has yes. less attract or is less, less attractive. So, uh, <laughs> so we, we discussed that and we're going to let you go and listen to that podcast to hear the depth of that. But we're going to go into something that we touched upon later in the podcast a little bit. And that's the con and, and that's the whole music. Uh, we're going to jump right into the music is Haran thing. And I think the reason why we're going to do that is because music has been a very weird, very interesting thing uh, in that, you know, it's not like of all, like when we talk about other things that are just blatantly Haran, like it's clear, everything's clear. There's no issue with the clarity of it. But music is interesting in that that's, it's one of those things where it's very popular to make it like it's clearly Haram when it's not that way. So, yes. Tell me a little bit about your journey with music. Well, I mean, I I grew up, you know, um, listening to music and dancing to music, exercising in music. It was very much a part of my life. I mean, I wasn't a performer or anything, at least not officially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, and um, but and I loved it. And I had never heard of the idea that there was anything wrong with it. I mean, I heard people like here and there, like Muslims saying things like, these people listen to his music, these people listen to his music. But I really, I didn't know that there was any evidence because it was, the way I interpreted it as a teenager was that they were always talking about something against us, you know, whether it was our scarf, our clothes, um, something that we were doing. And I grew up in a community that was predominantly, um, well, not predominantly, it was Amin Warthi Muhammad, a uh, small community. And my community, of course, my experiences, as I, as I talk about in the podcast, are very unique to where I lived. But it's not representative of all the communities world um, because, you know, every city has its own culture. So but so anyway, so I wasn't, you know, really I didn't pay attention to it until I started studying. And then I realized that there was something against uh, there were evidences against music. So I stopped listening to it. But then I was I had an interesting experience because I was ostracized by a lot of African-Americans because I stopped listening to it. <laughs> so and then and then what happened? was then when I went into other communities that were predominantly Arab and Desi, the same mistreatment that I had faced by the little small group of African-Americans was like widespread against people who listen to music. Like there was at almost like no middle ground. Like either I was in a community where it was like, if you don't listen to music, you're an extremist. <laughs> and then I went into like another community. And if you listen to music, it's like Shirkiani. They... It was like, if you listen to music, I and mean, they didn't teach that, to be clear, they didn't teach that it should. Okay. They were just, they treated the people who listened to it like that. Like, it was like, if you didn't wear hijab, you were welcome. If you struggle with alcohol, you know, Allah is, is Rahim. adultery, you know, stuff for a lot. It's really bad, but we live in mixed environments. Music, I don't live in that. <laughs> I mean, that, that's pretty much how music was handled. And I'll give you an example that I did not share in the podcast. Um, I think I mentioned this to you before when we were planning the podcast. Yeah. Um, I was in a conversation to give you an example how music is treated amongst some people who who don't li who are, and I call it anti music fanaticism, and I differentiate that from people who genuinely believe it's haram and they are fearing Allah, and that's they're doing the best for their souls. But what's more common is not just here's the view I follow because I fear Allah. What's common is these people are evil. They don't have a love of Allah in their hearts. Out the that's the real that's the norm. 
The norm is not, okay, you know, I, I just want to protect my soul. I believe it's haram. So what happened was, is I'm having this meeting, and it's someone I know well. She's from the, um, a, a Daisy background, but um, British nationality. And we're having this uh, planning meeting for a business we're trying to do together. And so in the midst of it, I guess she wanted to give me advice about my movie you know, coming up. So she was just kind of like warning me, like, if you have music in the background, you're going to misguide people away from Islam. And what if people like leave Islam as a result of like hearing that music? And I was like, uh, I really don't think it's like people hearing music in the background is going to make someone like leave their religion, you know, but I, and I said, but and at that time, I was still like my position at the time we were having the meeting was I didn't listen to music. But I had studied enough to know, and I had talked to different scholars and shapes and whatever, and they were mostly of the Salafi-type background, most of them. Not all of them, but most of them were. And so, so and some of them actually probably had some uh, to sell with, too, you know. But all of them pretty much were like, understand that music has a strong caution to it, but the way that we present it in public is not as strict as it really, I mean, we, we present it stricter than it is to block the path to evil. Right. They were explaining that to me. Right, right. They were saying that even with the view that it's haram, there are some, you know, other ways of understanding, but we don't want to go there because if you let people know that, they're just going to go wild and become Beyonce, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so basically, so I was, so she, the sister was explaining to me, you know, like just to give me the siha. And I was just like, Really, sister, I mean, there are even difference of opinion. You know, there's different opinion. Uh, at that time, I knew that, you know, um, and I was just coming to learn that. And so anyway, and so I moved, we moved on to another topic. And I was saying, because what recently happened, there was this person who was doing da'wah who had actually, uh, and excuse me if any of you all have young children listening, but I'm just going to tell them, have to try to say it as politically correct as possible. But basically this guy, there was a, there was a sheikh, a major, uh, not a sheikh, uh, a daddy, I guess you could say, an Islamic teacher who had raped his own daughter. The girl was like six years old, sodomized her mm. and whatever. And, um, and I think he was, a, I, he was from the Arab region. I'll say that. I don't want to say exactly which country. I don't know. Um, and he ended up killing her because he was questioning the six-year-old's virginity. <laughs> and I was so distressed distraught by this like it hurt me like I was sick you know and I was just telling her like you know people keep talking about in order to to save ourselves we have to follow scholars I said sometimes when you hear something like that that is so like how could someone do something like that and she said to me everybody makes mistakes yeah. my daughter was sitting there my teenage daughter was sitting next to me and she was like mommy what did this woman just say she said everybody makes mistakes and I looked at her, I said, when you just talked about music, you were telling me that, you know, there's no room for anything. I said, but I said, if you can think of something like that and say everybody makes mistakes, I said, why can't you in something way lesser? I mean, that is horrific what you just mentioned, what, what I, you know, what you just, what we just talked about. And if you can do that with that, why can't you just at least look at people who listen to music or have music play in the background as human beings who... If you think it's haram, everybody makes mistakes, or they just have a point of view that you don't believe is correct. She said, oh, no. Oh, no. Music? Oh, no. Uh-uh. So to her, and this is a big, keep in mind, by the way, this is the same conversation. This isn't like I talked to her one day, 
and was about this topic. And then the next, you know, a few weeks later, no, the same conversation. And she refused. She was like, I, I will not look at it as it's just a mistake. I will not look at these people as just human beings who, 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 who are just following a different fifth opinion. This is wrong. It's evil. And it can misguide people. Now, little did she know, I was actually in the beginning of my own breaking part where I felt like I couldn't be Muslim anymore. And, and my breaking had nothing to do with uh, music. It had to do with a lot of the teachings, that the stuff that she was actually talking about. So that's just a little introduction into the psychology of what is happening. And this was not somebody who was uh, unwell or imbalanced or whatever. This was somebody who's very well respected. I was about to do business with this person, you know, right. and who I had a lot of respect for in her mind. That's how indoctrinated she was into anti-music was that I can't even look at them as everybody makes mistakes. Right. Like the, these people are so evil, so corrupt. I mean, and the, the harms of music um, are so, so, so bad that you can't even have mercy on these people. Right. And even another person, a friend of mine, uh, told me that when people... Uh, are doing music and the scholars say that they're agents of shaitan or not the scholars, some scholars. I'm going to try to keep from saying the scholars because there's no such thing. Right. Because they're not a monolithic group of people. You right. have many, many balanced scholars out there. Right. They're not as celebrated as some of the imbalanced ones, but whatever. So, you know, it's it's like, um, oh, my goodness gracious, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, it's OK. Um, uh, In a nutshell. Yo, go ahead. You go ahead because I'll get it back. <laughs> yeah, inshallah. Ah! But in a nutshell, like one of the one of the things about uh, I was a kid that I know is that throughout her um, history, especially Islamic history, as she studies, she tries to implement what she believes is right, you know, and it, and and she and she, no matter what it is, she thinks if 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 she's convinced it's right, she's gonna try to implement it. And you know, it, it's funny because what you know, in listening to your stories, it, it makes me even more. Um, it puts more into the to into the forefront to me how many Muslims actually what we have to do what a lot of Muslims yeah. have to do is kind of have this dissonance where they're like okay you know what I believe that this I, I'm kind of convinced that this is wrong but I'm gonna do it anyway because there's nothing I can do and that's the concession they make you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah because because we're not given all the information but it's like actually the truth is like uh, we used to have a comment what Yusuf um, Chowdhury said he said the ulama of the past already discussed this. Some say it's haram, others said it's makru, others said it's mubah, meaning like some say it's prohibited, some say it's, it's, it's disliked, and some say it's just like it's, it's um, I want to say adi, but that's not the right thing. Uh, mubah, like not, mubah is not like halal, mubah is like it's, it's just a worldly thing. Right. You know, and, and, that, and then basically in that people who have that point of view basically are like you just have to be cautious with it based upon the evidences but what what yusuf just said that's not what's taught what what, what muslims don't realize is that what when you're ever you're getting into a non ijma meaning a non-consensus issue okay what's happening when you're in your class is very similar to like if you're the in the audience of a debate but you're only getting exposed to one side so like every time there's a there's an mm -hmm. argument, someone's responding with evidences and evidences and you're watching this debate, but you you're not hearing the other side. And this is intentional. I don't mean it's malicious. I mean, it's intentional. And the, the, the defense that some teachers and scholars say is that lay people can't handle all of the evidences. So we're not going to overwhelm them. So we're just going to tell them what's best for them and leave it at that. 
And then what what when people study, they'll get also, you know, this this false idea that the majority of the scholars said X, Y and Z under the assumption that that has validity in Islamic rulings. Islam is not a democracy when it comes to our faith, you know, meaning like we don't say, okay, majority rules. okay, and it doesn't just because the majority and there's a lot of things that go into that. If you study Islamic uh, fiqh and history, you'll know that it's way more than meets the eye in terms of uh, majority rules type thing, Um, because there is no such thing as majority rules. Islam is based on evidences. And when you're getting into fiqh issues, it's not as black and white as people want to make it out to be, because a lot of fiqh rulings, okay, especially with something of a worldly nature, like um, music is not really actually what people don't realize. There are certain things that are not just based on the evidences. It's the understanding of the evidences themselves. And that's where fiqh comes in. So that's a whole nother topic. But um, I'm not, but, but to be clear, neither Ismail, Khalil Ismail nor myself are saying what you should believe. I believe, and I say this all the time, and I'll say it over and over again, anyone who uh, is, is, you know, believes in Allah on the last day, you should always do what you believe is right in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not do anything that you believe is wrong no matter what people say. But at the same time, I say to you, be very careful when you just regurgitate what people tell you, no matter what they say, because sometimes you're actually being misled, you know, for, and people say for a good reason, because you're not taught, like, for example, what Yusuf um, Chowdhury was saying, you're not taught this. You're not taught that there were different opinions. You're taught, okay, here's what the true scholar said, and the rest of these people made a mistake. And that's not true. Obviously, the people who had that point of view didn't think they were making a mistake. So, so that's a very, very, very um, right. And uh, it, that's a whole different topic. And the repercussions of that, you know, one of the things that you know I learned growing up uh, is that what happens is, um, you know, you have you know the nuance, the, the learned people who 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 are like you said a lot more balanced. If you get to talk to them, most people don't get to talk to the most learned people and the scholars who know the most. Most people don't actually get to talk to them. When, you, when you're talking to someone and you're listening to a YouTube lecture, you're actually listening to a student knowledge, someone who's, who's still learning, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so they're, you know, giving their particular opinion. So what happens is, is that that filters down to the average everyday person. And the average everyday person can't tell the difference they, because most, most Muslims are not taught, you know, they basically difference between foundational matters of Islam what's creed and what is, um, you know, fifth matters, right? And so because music is so emphasized, unlike other matters that are, you know, debated and, you know, or ikhtilaf, because music is so emphasized, a lot of Muslims are, conf- are confusing music as being a foundational issue, thinking it's like, and, and I've even heard people who, you know, supposed to be students of knowledge and say stuff like it's worse than drinking, or it's worse than gambling. And that's a very, another very dangerous thing because these are, these are two different categories. Like you can't put music in those and, and, and gambling or drinking in the same category. And when you do, what happens is psycho, psych, psychologically is that a lot of people end up thinking, okay, this is wrong as haram. This is as wrong as gambling. This is, this might be as wrong as me not making salah. So now, when they continue to do it because it's a part of their everyday life, it makes it actually takes the importance away from things that are actually more important, like Salah and like yes, and like and, I, and like um, some of the and like um, gambling and that type of thing. But go ahead. 
Yes, and what I realized through my studies, and I don't definitely don't have time in this live broadcast to, to explain it in detail, but what I realized is that a lot of the fervor or enthusiasm, I would say, in teaching that music is unilaterally haram, and again, I'm differentiating the actual opinion from the people who are, who are doing this, okay? Because the, the opinion, the fiqh view that music is haram is valid, okay? Just like the fiqh opinion that is makruh is valid. Just like the fiqh opinion that is just mubah, you know, with cautionary uh, measures is, is valid. But the, what these people do is they, they, they exaggerate certain things in their enthusiasm, and they will a lot of times... A lot of times, and this is what I notice, a lot of what you find today is a cultural thing from primarily the Arab and the, the Pakistani and Indian um, and Desi region, a fear of westernization. And you need to understand this, okay? I don't have time to get into this. The fear of the westernization of their children, specifically with African-American rap and hip-hop culture. Right. So they're reacting with this enthusiasm to teach how horrible it is out of the fear that their children will become influenced by this culture. So it's not always about the evidences, which is why you'll find many people who believe that music is, they, they officially believe music is haram, but they'll say, for example, like I've met many Arabs and Daisies who say this, I don't listen to haram music, I listen to cultural music. Basically what that means is, I still listen to music that, you know, that categorizes music according to Islamic fiqh. But because it's not rap, because it's, because it's not hip hop or cool American music, it's not haram. So it, it, I don't even have time to get into that too, too yeah. much either. But there's also this thing where how music is treated, even in terms of how we treat the Muslims who are engaging in it. People who, for example, are um, not wearing hijab, okay, or not praying. <laughs> or who's struggling with alcohol, there's this mercy there, okay? Even though praying takes you outside of the religion. And then like, for example, one famous Islamic teacher, he basically, when he was, he had talked about hijab and, and even um, homosexuality before, and he was saying, you know, emphasizing mercy and understanding. But when he was asked about rap and hip hop, he basically said that these people are so horrible that they don't care about the Quran, that if they are sitting in the car with you, they're going to ask you to turn off the, the Quran. And right. If you, have, right. if you have friends who listen to rap and hip hop, you know where his nasiha was? Find new friends. Right. This is the same person who was merciful about the hijab. The same person who was merciful about uh, homosexuality. But when it came to music, specifically the music that comes directly from African-American culture, his attitude was find new friends. These people don't like the Quran, and they're and they're per they're and they're and they're vile and perverse with no nuance whatsoever. I remember those words. No I, nuance, no, no exception, right. no mercy, <clears throat> nothing. And this obviously is not a Quran and Sunnah thing. And another thing, and I'll say this uh, before we move on too, is that this statement that the Quran and 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 uh, music cannot exist in the same heart. Love of Allah's book and love of Islam. Our love of Allah and a love of Allah's book, love of Allah's words cannot exist in the same heart as, as music. And that music erases that. This is not a hadith. This is not a Quranic statement. But what you'll find today is that particular statement is spread more than the actual teachings about music from the Quran and Sunnah. 
And, and you'll find this in what I find fascinating and in a crazy way is that this has spread so much that it has become like a point of aqidah to some people. Yeah. Like you literally, it's the truth. Whereas with other things in Islam, when scholars make statements like that, the, the, edip, the, the, the etiquette basically is that's, that was their point of view. And that just, and they use it to show how strongly that particular scholar felt about that topic. It's not used as Islamic evidence. It's not used as Islamic truth. And then I'll say this other thing that particularly when you're dealing with the, the, the anti-Westernization mentality, what you'll find is that there are clear things like, for example, in Islamic history and in the Quran, there's evidence about living in lands in which you're weak and oppressed. And in the Quran and Sunnah, the, uh, in the Sunnah, the Prophet Sallallahu for uh, caution, not just caution, but forbade people from living in non-Muslim lands. The fire should not see each other. He said, I have nothing to do with the person who leaves the land of the Muslims, settles amongst the disbelievers, celebrates their new year. Clear evidences. And the way that the early Muslims, the Salaf, used to think about people who did that when it was not for the sake of only da'wah, they were like, basically how I would put it in my words, like these are munafiq. This is like a munafiq. Like it's, how could someone do this? And you still today have evidence in the Quran and Sunnah about that. But because the, these, these teachings are catered, and I'm just going to be very blunt, they're catered to meet the needs of Arabs and daisies who want to live in the West. That part is buried for the most part. You will find some people teaching it, but there are way more evidences in Islam about not living in the lands of the disbelievers and celebrating their holidays than you find anything about music because even with music, you have direct evidence from the Prophet ﷺ, even if you believe this is the only exception, that the musical instrument of the duff was allowed. So this idea that all music is haram is not even correct, even from the, the, the strictest point of view if you're actually using the evidences. But what we're exposed to is... Islam that is catered to meet the needs of whoever is the privileged culture teaching who is usually the Arabs and Daisies, and they will make fatawa that allow them to be involved in, in riba and in, in interest. They will make fatawa that allow them to go and pledge allegiance to the flag and say kufr things with no need, except I wanted my children to go to Harvard. They will have fatawa that allow them to go fight in the army, okay, killing innocent Muslims, and they will be proud sharing this stuff. Oh, look at this person who earned this badge in the army. No problem. But it, when it comes to music, I'm sorry to be dramatic, but that's how they, that's how it's, that's how it's um, portrayed. And there's no nuance, no mercy. In fact, I just, on my page, when I posted, I just ended up blocking someone because it was so much hatred in there about, they could not accept that I, my post didn't even say music is okay. I'm saying, be careful. Don't speak about other people's hearts. And because we're so indoctrinated, into hating music, but not just music, but the people who listen to it, writing them off as not even fully Muslim, writing them off as they don't have any love of Allah, writing them off as munafiqeen, writing them off as agents of shaitan. We cannot even entertain mercy containing these people. This is how far it's come. And a lot of it, and I don't have time to get into it in this live broadcast, but a lot of it is rooted in anti-black racism, not evidences from the Quran and the Sunnah. So we have a question. When are, when are scholars blatantly selective about determining music as halal or haram? When they are, when they are blatantly selective, do they restrict allowance to uh, instruments uh, of their culture? Have you seen that? 
women like this, I don't know about that, okay? But I would say that they're, I don't want to say instruments of their culture, but I, I'll put it like this. For the most part, when I was talking about people accepting culture music, it's not necessarily a fatwas from scholars per se. It's more so uh, just how the people who are believing that music is haram are treating it. The scholars, for the most part, when they're arguing, they will stick to the evidences. And I don't want to say why they come to a certain point of view. I'm going to assume that whatever a scholar says that he believes or she, yeah. because women can be scholars too, right. you know, he or she believes, I'm going to just assume that at the heart of the issue is sincerity. I'm just going to make that assumption. Okay. But what happens is, is that here's what happens in a lot of Islamic uh, environments. And when I say Islamic, I'll say Muslim religious environments is that we become obsessed with controlling other people's lives. So in the beginning, it's sincere. I don't listen to music because I believe it's haram. But be because I was convinced through all this logic and that music and, and, and Quran cannot exist in the same heart, only, you know, music creates in fact in the heart, only the sick and most vile and, the, you know, corrupt people listen to music. When I go and I interact with real life and I see my loved ones who are praying, fasting, being good, not backbiting, and I see them yeah. listening to music, but they're good people, I can't, I, my brain goes crazy, so I have to create an alternate reality. Right. I have to tell myself that these people are misguided, these people are corrupt, they, and this is what happens to a lot of people. We, we don't stick to evidences and respect. We go and use logic and take statements outside of Quran and Sunnah, which is not, this is not something that's acceptable in Islamic teachings, by the way. In most other issues, you're not able to do that because the scholars will stop you and say, no, that was not the statement of the Prophet right. In fact, you go on some boards and you write a post, if, if it was any ikhtilaf about the, the authenticity, they'll delete your post. That was fabricated. That was not authentic. That was not a statement from the Prophet ﷺ. But here you have a statement we know was not from the Prophet ﷺ. And we don't even know the authenticity of it. Sometimes it's been attributed to Hassan al-Basri. Sometimes it's been attributed to somebody else. But guess what? We don't care. Because we hate music so much. And we want everybody to know it. We're okay with potentially adding to the religion with an additional teaching about the ghaib. Yeah. Just to make people stop listening to music because... The ends justify the means, even if we we are potentially lying on a law and his messenger so lawless. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's and what I, I link this to uh, very interestingly enough, you know, especially in my travels and and, and doing music for as long as I've done it, uh, both in the Muslim community and then outside the Muslim community, and doing hip hop, uh, I I correlated to um, what happened in the uh, in the, in the early uh, around the time of NWA. Uh, and which is uh, uh, and uh, around the time of public enemy, basically with the uh, government, you know, there was a time there was a short there was a time period where black people were galvanizing around hip hop and hip hop was spreading messages of unity and empowerment. Right. And during that time, the government pretty much got together. I mean, it was literally all over the news because, you know, the NWA, like, for example, blacks were tired of being killed by the cops. You know, people like like to think this is a new thing. It's been going on for a long, long time. And so and so they started speaking back, start, started talking back and talking in their way. And the government waged a war against hip hop. I mean, they were trying to make legislation, laws and everything. And it's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting, you know, because it's kind of like 
the power that how how this goes al- aligns with the the, the 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 white power structure even when it comes to the, the the power of black music and even what's happening now like a lot of what's happening now the way they they they, they are just strategizing against black music that has messages in it is they just kind of put on a they 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 kind of um elevate the ones that that don't have the same powerful message so it's like literally both extremes it's so funny exactly. in the religious community and in the non-religious mm-hmm. community have an issue with this with the with with black music you know that 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 kind of exactly. unadulterated raw emotion that we have because let's be real they both know it. and I remember a person I remember being um, talking to a brother once and he was saying I'm gonna be real with y'all he said I listen he said I listen to our music I listen to you know and I like our music and that type of thing it's something about your voice he said something about mm. your voice that affects us and he's on and he's, he mm-hmm. was just being honest he's, he was just like look I'm gonna be honest it's more than that so I've talked to people, you know what I'm saying, who have said like, no, yeah, even, and the honest yeah. people will admit it. And even Doc Sarah is just saying that, you know how, and she's teaching fitness, and she's <laughs> saying like, it, they'll say they don't want any music. She said, but then if she says if it's Arabic music, we'll accept. <laughs> <that." laughs> That's not how it works. In fact. The fiqh has nothing to do with the language of anything. It's the musical instruments itself. Right. And it has absolutely nothing to do with the words unless it's something being taught that's, you know, uh, haram or something like that. Right. So what we find, what we what we think we're, we're actually dealing with is not what we're dealing with. And I don't have time to go into that. I will be honest. I hate saying that, but it's the truth. Because it took me years to realize what was going on. Because I drank the Kool-Aid, you know what I mean? I was like, okay, I'm going to just stay away from... Use exercise. We'll use exercise and do what you do. Oh, my God. Why you got to do that? Stop, stop. When we do the pre-podcast talk, we're not supposed to mention on the air. Okay, but I'll go ahead and say it since you're going to call me out. Oh, my God. Okay, so what happened was is because I was so scared to do anything wrong, I was so scared to make any mistakes, anything like that, I because what happens is is with with music the anti music culture and I'm differentiating that from the people who just believe it's haram and just fear law with that the anti music culture is like it's like um, like dominoes once you accept one thing you have to accept another thing nothing and what it is is that then they'll say that if you sing a song that sounds like music if you sing to your children the nasheeds of today are not really nasheeds. those nasheed singers sound too sexy, so they're gonna turn people on. So it's haram, uh, you know. And then you know, if, and if you can do the nasheed, but it can't sound professional, uh, you can't do ah with your voice, meaning it can't sound like black people. Uh, and I was so scared, like, oh my god, really? So I and and the only thing I was worried about was my exercising, because at that time I stopped listening to music. I said, okay, I'm just gonna listen to first. I'm like, I'm just gonna listen to the drum. No, sister, that's haram too, and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, my God, so I'm just going to listen to the voice. So they're like, no, but the way he's singing, sister, it sounds too much like instruments, sister. You know, it's like, I was like, oh, my God. So let me leave that alone too. And then finally, which is what Khalil Smell is making fun of me about, I just said, Khalas, I fear Allah so much. I'm just going to exercise to let you. <laughs> <laughs> How did like, how did it work out for you? 
No, but um, you know, and, and like I said, I mean, I think in most people who just honestly were trying to practice Islam, they went through a phase where they tried, a lot of them tried to give it up. But I mean, music is almost like air to a lot of people, especially a lot of coaches. It's almost like breathing air. I mean, it's it's all around you. It's yeah. different from other, yeah. like there's nothing, I've never encountered anything in Islam that was, that, that unilaterally, like we all agree that was haram, that was also hard, or also that a lot of other people didn't give up as well. Like, you know, it's, Islam you really yeah. see as a mercy. And I think, and one of the main reasons, y'all, that we're talking about this is because there are a lot of people right now out here who are listening to music but have a really low self-esteem about themselves as Muslims because they think they're going to hell or they think that they're they're in trouble or they're giving up on their salah, they're giving up on things they don't have to give up because they think, well, I'm a sinner anyway. And, you know, and so, I'm, you know, they're giving up on things that they, they shouldn't give up, things that are far more important than music. You know what I'm saying? And so what we're saying is, is that, look, you know, or what I'm saying, you know, is, is that, look, there isn't, opinion that uh, that says that it's okay if you want to take that opinion if you don't want to take that opinion then don't impose you don't have the right actually to impose what you believe or what you think on other people just keep it to yourself that's how any issue of disagreement should go you should never go to another muslim when they when they're when they've chosen another opinion and tell them that that opinion is wrong especially yeah especially when you aren't a scholar when you have new you, you don't even delve in these types of things go ahead and the scholars tell you to do that. They caution you against that, too, by the way. And we also should never, ever delve into matters of the life and tell people what's going on inside their hearts. I don't care what. If you're right. not coming from directly from the Quran and Sunnah with what Allah said is happening in the life, you need to be careful, you know, no matter who said it. Because one of the things we say after each scholar's name from the past is Rahimahullah, which means may Allah have mercy on them. We don't know what Allah, how Allah will deal with certain things. But to tell someone that, you know, I've had people tell me, no, no, it's true, Quran and, and music cannot exist in the same heart because I know because I struggle. I'm like, I got to do it. Right. Your, your personal experience has nothing to do with the ultimate truth for everyone. Right. I've had, and one of the things that really changed my point of view on music, or at least, you know, altered it, I should say, I didn't change it completely, but altered it was having Quran teachers who had ijazas who listen to music when they're exercising and different things like this. So much knowledge in the, and, and I don't know what's in their heart, but they spent day in and day not, day out, um, helping people with the Quran. I'm seeing them crying. We mentioned Allah. They had more visual reaction of fear of Allah than the people who were saying music is haram. So like, <laughs> so for me, so for me, I don't buy into this. I'm saying, how do you, so I'm supposed to believe these people who've memorized the Quran, have ijazas, spend all day, uh, <laughs> you know, teaching Quran. They have no love of Allah in their hearts. Like, how do you even measure that? Right. And then we'll do like this West-West type teaching. I call it the fifth of West-West. But what if? Right. What if? Right. Maybe. And, it, and it's like you spend less time with the Quran than they do, and you're saying that your heart is better? Right. Like, I don't buy into that. Like, you, I, the point that I am now, after going through my spiritual crisis and feel like I couldn't be Muslim anymore and being overwhelmed, I don't listen to it. You know, meaning I don't listen to those arguments. I do whatever I feel is right for the situation. If I'm exercising, I'm going to exercise to exercise music. You know, I don't spend, I definitely don't spend, you know, time with, with music like uh, what I did growing up. But if I want to exercise, I'm going to exercise to whatever I want to exercise to. I don't care. You can't bring me any fatwa to change it because I've seen too much. I've, I've seen a lot of the, these arguments. And quite frankly, it's I 
being lied to is a very difficult thing to overcome. Right. You know, being lied to and, and, and taught something that's just because you think you know better than I do um, or know you know what's best for my, my heart and my soul. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to give you, say this one story too. When I was just coming back to practicing Islam, and when I say practicing, meaning I was, I was still practicing when I was felt like I couldn't be Muslim, but I was coming out of that. I was still in that, that point where I was still battling for my soul. Ramadan came, I was sick. Um, I, was, I couldn't fast because of my sickness. And exercising to some music helped, you know, my physical health, it helped my um, emotional health. And it actually helped me feel better, even more energetic with praying, reading the Quran, ironically. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> so while I was doing, I had just gotten myself back on track, being the lat, and I was exercising, um, I read. Ramadan had just started, and then a, a person I respect very much, uh, uh, a sheikh, he posted something in Ramadan to start off Ramadan. He says, "Music and the Quran, mu like music and Quran, cannot live in the same heart. So something like whoever uh, listens to music cannot really they don't love Allah's book." And it sent me back into this depression and self doubt, and I thought. Because I'm exercising to this sound, I must be a bad Muslim. So I must be tricking myself because I was so much into getting back into my Quran. I was getting back to Khushu and my Salah. I was getting back to taking care of myself. And, and I was coming out of, yes, suicidal thoughts. I was coming out of all of that. And this one post in Ramadan, the month of mercy, he started off Ramadan with this. It sent me back into that darkness where I was questioning, even though I was doing the acts and I was feeling close to Allah and I was reading the Quran more, this imam, this sheikh, you know, he made me feel like crap. And it was Ramadan and, and I was like thinking, oh my God, I'm a munafiq. I exercised with music in the background. Oh my God, maybe I'm not really a Muslim. Maybe I'm going to hell. And you, and for some people, they maybe think, uh, Oh, you should be strong enough. Yeah, I agree. I should have been strong enough, but I'm not. I'm a human being. And that really, really took me, that one statement pulled me away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and made me doubt the progress that I was making and made me think to myself that I must be a horrible Muslim and a munafiq and I'm going to hell because this sheikh said that people like me cannot possibly love Allah even though I'm loving the Quran right now, even though I'm loving Allah right now, even though I'm loving the Salah, it's a, it's a fat lie. I'm lying to myself. I'm a horrible person. And, and I went back into depression. And, you know, and, and, and I think that, you know, just for people's understanding, like when you're going through triggers and when you've had a lot of things happening in life, as you have had, you know, if a lot of people have, if people follow your work, uh, as you have had, you know, a lot of people might not relate to this because they'll think, okay, you know what, well, they, they haven't been down that hole as far as, as other people have. So I would tell, I will caution people when you hear these stories and you think, okay, well, I can't relate to that. Be careful not to think somebody's weak because of it, because when you've gone down the hole of almost feeling like, you know, you can't be Muslim or even feeling suicidal thoughts, which have to do with really deep things that happen in your life then anything can set you off. It's just like being a, a veteran or having PTSD. 
You know what I'm saying? When when you've been in a war and mm-hmm. and let's be and as a kid, to be honest, she's been in a war and a lot of her life from an emotional from an emotional standpoint, right? Yeah. So when you've been in an emotional war most of your life, and just like when you've been in a physical war and, and you fought you know wars in the army and you've had to dodge bullets and every X, Y, and Z, and you don't know who's your enemy and who's your friend, then anything when you're asleep and someone touches you and you jump up and grab your gun, you see what I'm saying? It's a result of all of that trauma. So therefore, when you we that's why we can't be abusive. That's why we really have to be careful with each other and be merciful with each other and 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 not use things that we know are not really part of the religion. And this is the mistake that they make. They think that they are actually doing a good thing because often they're in a privileged position. And they haven't been through the things that a lot of people have been. They haven't been through the, through the spiritual crisis. So they don't think, they don't realize what they're doing. They're thinking they're doing a good thing. But when you're triggering people who have been through that type of spiritual crisis, you're doing the opposite. You're pushing them over the edge. This might be the person who, not, who takes the, 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 the gun and now shoots. And maybe, he, maybe that person doesn't shoot somebody else, but they shoot themselves because you pushed them over the edge thinking yeah. you were doing a good thing. And that's why you can't control and- people. And my question to people who teach this non-Quranic, non-Hadith uh, thing that Quranic music cannot exist in the same heart, what's your point? Like, what do you hope to achieve? Like, I know for myself and other Muslims I work with, you have sent many of us into depression, spiritual crisis, and some people actually are involved in music and feel like they can't be Muslim because of these sorts of things. So what's your point? Why is it not sufficient for you to just say, here are the evidences against music. Here are some of the struggles that I fear for myself if I were to be involved in it. But Allah knows best. But here you have people using the month of mercy. The month of mercy to beat people down and tell them how sick they are. You know, and I'm saying like, subhanAllah. And as a brother, I'm going to be honest, as the brother Riyadh said, there's another point. As, as brother Riyadh said, there's another point. There is a uh, there is an amount of subjugation. There's some power tripping that's going on. I don't we don't we can't say who it is. Allah knows best who it is. But there's absolutely some power tripping going on. There's some ego tripping going on. And there is some superiority complexes going on. There's a, there, this is a way to keep people down and keep people subjugated. So we also got to be aware of that, too, uh, because people like especially when it comes to African-Americans. We And then we're going to jump over. We're going to jump to. The next topic, the Black Panther topic, as a matter of fact, while, you know. Um, okay, uh, um, and we'll do that. And before we do, right. I just want to say something. Right. Thank you. I want to say something that's uh, kind of funny. Thank you, Erbaz. I think you are. I think, um, keep in mind, we're on a, you're saying drink with your right hand. Uh, sometimes our screen is actually a mirror. <laughs> and, and sometimes our screen <laughs> is uh, actually the, the actual thing. So I know for my... <laughs> You know, uh, it's, it's it's um. It, it's actually we are drinking with our right hand, but, but I'm drinking but, with but, my right hand. <laughs> it's a mirror, my friend. Remember, have mercy on people, and so and, it's, and, and it's, make excuses. Allah have mercy. Just like, for example, here's my book. <laughs> I'm drinking with my right hand, but Jazakallah Khair. Make make sure uh, that you make excuses for Muslims. This is a perfect example, but Jazakallah Khair for the reminder. I appreciate it. Very good reminder. But just remember, 
this is a good example of what, what we're saying. Make sure you get in the habit of making excuses, but the reminder benefits the believer. All right. So, okay? and or while, while before, get into the movie, before we ahead. transition to that, um, this is a discussion um, based, basically we have a podcast called Label Deep, which you can find. So write down on your pins and pads. Um, it's a podcast that you can find in any podcast um, distributor called Label Deep, uh, L-A-B-E-L, space d-e-e-p label deep which is like a play on words like skin deep um you can also find it at usuallyauthor.com slash label deep um and we're in this first ep- episode we're actually first um season we're discussing prejudice and racism within the muslim community and um um the season will actually end on the uh, will culminate with a live uh event that we do on saturday inshallah and then a discussion based on that live event uh, which uh, which discusses those things at the end of February, and then we'll go into season two almost immediately after, and we're going to be discussing uh, relationships, toxic relationships with parents, and that type of thing. So, inshallah, the podcast will continue on, and we're going dis- to discuss some things that normally doesn't di- get discussed. So, we're going to jump. We're going to jump um, to this to this edition, which we didn't plan for. Uh, the, the the edition was the was is the Black Panther movie, and the reason why we're transitioning to the Black Panther movie is because. We just saw it yesterday. I actually did a post um, and became privy to, I, I guess, a debate between uh, Muslims about, I guess, um, some thought pieces being written about uh, uh, criticizing the movie and, and, and um, with all criticism for what it was about. And, you know, some some person called it Islamophobic and then others jumped down his throat. So uh, I think it's a good transition and good a good thing to relate. Uh, Black Panther was a movie, for those who don't know, uh, because it's been all over social media that a lot of like, so many black people, including many black Muslims, uh, rallied around, celebrated. Uh, it, it highlighted um, uh, a, a black superhero, which we rarely get to see in, my, in mainstream media. So um, I'm going to we're going to jump to that. And uh, I don't know if you want to start it off. You want me to start it no. off? You say you want no. <laughs> you say you want me to start it off. Okay, so I'm an artist. I'm a student of knowledge. <laughs> You're a student on this one. I'm a student of Wakanda. Right. <laughs> so, so, so basically, uh, I wrote a, a post, um, basically critiquing the movie, um, and I had fairly good reviews for the movie, movie overall because you know I rate the movie based on watching movies. I don't rate it based on necessarily my judgment system, even though I don't put my judgment, I don't erase my judgment system from rating anything. You know, I don't erase my belief system from rating anything. But at the same time, I understand it for what it is. And so I gave it a four out of five stars. You know, I mentioned that uh, a couple of things that, I, you know, that was interesting to me, such as there was a there was a part of the movie that uh, where, you know, they had Boko Haram, which, you know, you know, I don't I'm gonna be honest. I don't know that much about Boko Haram in Nigeria, except what the news says. And I don't really believe the news on much of anything. But however, what I do know of. If if what they say is true, then Boko Haram is absolutely, you know, it's what they what they did was evil in, in, in capturing these young women and um and you know and, and 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 doing things that they had no business doing. And so, but anyway, basically there was a scene in the movie, and this is a spoiler alert, where uh they uh after they rescued the the the, the, the women who had Kimars on, some of their Kimars, some of their hijab comes off and um you know, that was a part that I even I noted and I hadn't read any think piece. I hadn't read anything about what anybody else criticized about. It's something that I noted. And the other thing that I criticized was the uh, uh, which we we'll call it was just, the, um, you know, the constant um, 
ancestor worship. And the reason why I did that is just because I think anytime we watch or listen to anything, it's good for our heart that we notice the things that aren't necessarily for our belief system. Regardless of whether it's the norm or anything like that, it's good that we do that so that we decipher and we keep our hearts sharp. So going going forward, I, I, apparently I got this, 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 a couple people came on my page and some people interpreted the Boko Haram scene differently. They said that it wasn't really a diss towards uh, uh, Muslim women, mashallah. Okay, I, I mean, I, I was. I'm. It's not that's, that that point. Honestly, wasn't a big deal to me. It was something I noticed. But then um, there was another uh, a person who came on, and they, and they, even the person the person inboxed me and and told me to be strong and stand strong in my stance. And I found that interesting because I was like, okay, you know, I, I hadn't really never spoken to this person before, so I wasn't really quite sure you know, where that was coming from. So I was just like, all right, well, I'm a reserve judgment because I'm going to be honest. I don't know the intricate details of these things like some of the other people know. And so the next part um, is, so I, I, I read the article. I read the article that people are telling me that basically the guy wrote where he was basically calling the whole movie Islamophobic. And apparently this guy isn't, I mean, he isn't African-American. He isn't black, you know, and, and the critique was, the critique of his critique was, why are you coming basically and dealing with this? Like, like I've, I've never seen you before really like talking about Bollywood or any of these other, other movies, or you're not critiquing any of these other things that y'all regularly in indulging. Why is this the movie that you're coming to say is Islamic Islamophobic and you're coming to say is, uh, is, uh, um, you know, why are, and you even like mentioned the word Muslims are being pacified because, you know, it celebrates black people. And I'll be honest, like I felt that sentiment myself when I real when I read the article and I knew that it wasn't from somebody because of the very things that we're talking about in the in the label D podcast on Zakia, in that, you know, it's just like kind of like the music thing. Like what happens is is that okay, you have all these problems, all this misogyny, all these things to work out in your community, right? And you just but y'all love to go ham. You know, when some black people do some stuff and you see some black Muslims do, um, you know, talking about it in a positive light at the same time, though, at the same time, though. And so I was with that at the same time, though. What bothers me about what we have not we have ignored a little bit too much as black Muslims, though, is the shirky parts. I think we're very quick to forgive those parts and not, a, 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 as you know, in the interest of the greater good of black solidarity. And I'm worried about that. So, so it's a, it's a tricky thing because I'm with us in that. I know, like, I know that feeling of why are you talking about us? You got all of this stuff. This isn't real. And we don't trust it. And we don't trust when it comes from you because you haven't been nearly as hard and nearly standing up for justice against your own people. Right. So we don't trust you when all of a sudden you come and decide to say, okay, you know, why are Muslims, why are black Muslims celebrating this when it has this type of thing? Because it wasn't all yeah, that. I, I would say that, yeah, my my sentiments kind of like it's actually what Layla Post is saying that, you know, how when they were talking about the ancestors throwing themselves overboard and glorified suicide. So watch out when you have a divergent perspective. And, and to be honest, my emotional feeling is very similar to what Layla posted, which is why I was kind of quiet when you first mentioned it. And it, I got nervous. I even made a post like, make do I, it goes well. Yeah. It was a trigger. It was a trigger for me, the, the Black Panther arguments. Um, or many levels emotionally. Okay. Number one, I'll say personally, I agree with your, like, I read your post about what you said about the, um, the four out of five. I agree hundred percent. 
Um, I gave four, I would give it four out of five too. And and for me, I love the parts about the black, you know, empowerment and seeing black people um, and power, you know, and main characters. But the only reason I'm gonna be honest, the only reason why it was so powerful to me is because it was so rare. <laughs> you know, it was a good movie, but it wasn't like wow <laughs> you know, for me. It was real good. I enjoyed it. Um, but the shirt, my Muslim heart was not like, mm. it was a bit, too, because in the reason I'm saying, I know people will say you watch other movies, but other movies, we don't come out saying, you know, making this whole culture of that movie was standing up for us. And that movie was, was represented our people that, so you have to, di- we, we have to be fair here because when we're just watching a movie and we're just saying, oh, that was a good movie. It was entertaining. That's a completely different conversation than when you're coming out saying, I'm to take my kids and let them know that this is their history. And we don't even mention the shirk. I don't have a problem with people liking it because yeah. I, mean, I liked it myself. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm great. Put, get me a sword. Emotionally, I was like, oh yeah. You know, I was there as a black woman and they had these beautiful Mashallah, black woman, natural hair, shaved heads. And they had, I love that little passive aggressive thing against the weed. I was like, ah, oh yeah. She was like, whip, she was like, whip it. I'm like, get this thing up. I was loving it. But I, I have to say, my Muslim heart, I can't, the shirk. And the reason it was a trigger for me is because it brought me back to the lemonade formation. Uh, but, but Beyonce standing up for the black people. <laughs> I can't go there with that. It was enjoyable. I thought it was for a, a fictional fairy tale movie, just as a Marvel thing. It was beautiful. It was powerful. It was really, really inspirational from a purely entertaining thing. But when you get uh, into principles, and this is where it gets shaky. Because one of the things we fail to do a lot of times, and I will say this happens a lot with African-Americans and Muslims, but more so with African-Americans from me, because that's my background, I'll focus on that, is that we don't differentiate between justified criticism of art and principles. We put it all together. Like, if I'm a principled Black person, I have to be like, Beyonce is the greatest thing to ever walk the earth, and blah, 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 and uh, not really. She's talented. But principle-wise, you if you're going to make an argument based on principle, you have to understand something, whether you're Black, Arab, white, whatever. When you are coming from a background where you are saying, la ilaha illallah, and that the worst thing to Allah, the worst thing to your creator is shirk, then you're even if your heart is still not where it's supposed to be and we all have work to do, at least make your mouth meet, meet that respect, you know? Yeah. We should be ashamed of ourselves that we can have shirk so, so, so blatant and we still don't even take time to say, even though I was empowered, even though I loved it, we do need to be careful. Watch, watch that. Watch that. that. Watch that. I mean, because... Yeah, or the suicide, yeah. like Layla said. These are not small things. Right. You don't say... Oh, before I be in captivity, I'd rather, you know, die or whatever. You know, I mean, that might sound cute on a movie, but that ain't that that's we're gonna have to sit down and talk to our children. 
And emotionally with the Boko Haram thing, I would say this, I don't have enough knowledge. Like I saw on your page, there were way more people like, for example, Angela Miller had way more knowledge about a lot of the things that I could speak on. So people can go and follow that. So I can only speak from a person watching and knowing the limited things I saw on television. Emotionally, I'm, I do not believe the movie was Islamophobic. No. I don't believe that. No. But it was no different from any other yeah. movie that kind of does a real quick middle finger to Muslims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 it, it, yeah. It, it put in that obligatory F you Muslims real quick. Right. And you can, I know I've read the explanations of the history, but I'm, I'm also an artist. <laughs> so I know that how things can also be done. So that was, and I don't care what anybody says, that was a quick F you and disrespect to Muslims. But I, I, I'm not surprised. It wasn't really a Muslim movie. I wasn't going in there thinking right. I'm going to have my Iman increase. Right, 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 so right, right, right. More of the same. Yeah. Black power, but F Muslims, black power. You know, I, you know, but I, I would say that I agree with one of the commenters. I forget who it was because I don't see it on my screen anymore. Yeah, yeah. He said the, the best black superhero movie he's ever seen was Malcolm X and he was real. I, I would say for me, <laughs> emotionally, I, right now, today, I'm going to say I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I think and, and, and as artists and as creators, as, as you're, you're a creative writer, you write novels, you literally paint the picture of the story. You know how much detail, you know how much intention. And I'll say a lot of people don't realize how much intention goes into every little scene. People don't realize that a scene that took four minutes, like like I mentioned, I saw somebody said the scene, the Boko Haram scene took four minutes. Well, let me tell you, it probably took two hours to shoot. You know what I'm saying? It actually took two hours to shoot. And everything, every every wardrobe change was deliberated. And I think people need to understand this. And this is this is why it's really important for you to understand what you're looking at when you're looking at art and to have a balanced perspective. Because like art, like art is not separated. Like here's one of the things where a lot of Muslims have fallen to. People believe that you can actually separate the programming of art from reality. And that's and, and you you want to know why people are so confused. You want to know why people are so subjugated and why evil propaganda is winning today. It's because they understand that they know how to shape your perception with art, even the news. Like you think like the news will make the news literally picks soundtracks that make you think based on the musical chords that it's real. They literally use certain music to make you think it's serious. And what they're actually doing is programming you. And, and a lot of times the news is more fake than the movies. And the movies often have concepts that they're trying to put in you that are actually more real. And, and that's what they strategize on behind the scenes. They strategize on And me being a person who has made film, me being a person who has made music, trust me, I know. We studied the psychology of the human. I want to know, I want you to be sad. When I want you to be sad, I do something to make you sad. When I want you to be excited, I cut the scene fast. When I want you to be sad, I, want, I cut the scene slow. I fade it. You understand what I'm saying? When I want you to feel really deeply, I'm going to put some, sad, some strings in there to go. And, and you think, you know, and then when, so when sometimes when, here's what I want people to be cautious about. I want you, when you see people who are warning against media, be easy on them. Actually, this is what I want you to do. Be easy on them, even if you don't agree. Because they are marketing to your heart. Like, they are, like, if you think they're not, then you're a fool. Like, when I go to a movie, I make dua that Allah allow me to decipher the falsehood from the truth. 
Because they are going after your heart. The reason why you went to the movie in the first place is because you love the trailer so much and you spread the trailer to the next person. Yeah, and that's... And, 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 let me finish. And you oh, spent on, your $15 because they did enough marketing. And trust me, they were in the boardroom before that trailer came out and said, we're going to do this this way so that we get you to buy and make millions of dollars off of you. So if you yeah, think because- they can't control you... Mm-hmm. Think again. Think again. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I was just about to say something, but the pop, comment co- popped up to say exactly what I wanted to say. Yusuf Charvi saying, you know, we have to learn how to agree to disagree and get along. And that's what I wanted to, that's my main point, is that the point you're saying is very, very powerful. And, and we have to understand, the reason that this triggered me is because the point you're making, this is what I think people don't understand. But they want to make it out like black empowerment versus not black power empowerment. And the bottom line is, is that for me, for example, growing up, I know the difference between, uh, you know, certain type of programming and music and the effects that it has and media and art. Like I grew up on and I think he's even here, if I'm not mistaken, but Wilmore Siddiqui, you know, songs, you know, amazing songs about Allah and Muslims and covered all over. And that made me feel good. You know what I'm saying? But like what I found is that and the reason I'm saying like we don't realize the programming is because we don't appreciate other people like our own as much. We say, okay, we should be able to overlook the shirk. We should be able to, to, uh, to overlook. We need to understand that these people are, 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 are not Muslim. I, I get all of that. But what I don't get is this fire and rage when you have a different opinion. When another Muslim I'm says, not- "Hey, I calling that out." Why? Like, what? Don't get so mad at him. Like, I, like, like, l- exactly. I get the racial. I get. I'm gonna be on like what I talked about before. I get the, the the when you when you when you're dealing with somebody who you feel like is is racially uh, discriminating against you. I do get that. I get the fire in that, and that is a struggle. That's why you got the book called Prejudice Bones in My Body, and you're and and you mentioned that, and you were like in one of the podcasts, you were like, "When I don't know, y'all got to listen to the first episode. The first episode starts with literally someone saying." Not with the whole 9-11 story and a black person said saying about the immigrants, like, look, good. Now they'll see how it feels. Right. And, and yeah, you, she, yeah. And you saying yeah, and, she wanted she was happy to see them suffering. Right. She was. She was and that wasn't good. But that was the heart that she had based on all of the, the suffering that she had gotten. And, right. Exactly. And I wanted to add, because in this book, I also have a chapter called I Hope We All Die Together. She said I, it's, some of these are, are reposts of blogs. And this is a story of a little girl and going through racism. But in it, I share a section. It's a a section called They Think Black People Are Gods. And this does relate to the review of the Black Panther movie indirectly, Mm -hmm. because obviously the Black Panther movie was not out. And when I wrote the book, but how it relates is that what I was doing in this particular part of the book, I'm I'm, I'm talking about how a friend of mine, we're both African-American. We're watching this video. We were we were I came over her house. We wanted to watch something that was really, really uplifting and, and, and everything. And so we put on a video about like Islam. This, this, it was this well-known Arab um, imam or sheikh or whatever you want to call him. And he was talking about Islam. And in it, he began to talk about the nation of Islam. Mm. Okay. And he was making fun of them. Mm. Like they believe black people are gods. And the, it was like a comedy show. The audience, was, which was mostly Arab and Daisy, they were laughing. It was the it was like you were watching Chris Rock, you know what I mean? 
But it was, it was that these people believe that black people are God and white people are devil. But then when these same people were talking about Christianity, which is the same teaching, white people are God, black people are less than, which is what is was taught to the slaves. They were very respectful. It was like this interfaith dialogue type etiquette. And so I do get that when someone who's not black wants to come and tear down something that's black empowerment, even with the falsehood, it is a hypocrisy because you, you will not find that same thing. You won't like, for example, you will find people proud to to even to give up parts of their religion, to become come to the West, give up citizenship in their countries, uh, join the U.S. Army, kill innocent Muslims. No problem. All of this we're proud of. But Yanni, you find if you find a group of uh, of, of African-Americans who, after experiencing years and years and years of oppression, they didn't even have the message of Islam, okay? They're sincerely responding to that oppression and saying, maybe these people who are oppressing me can't help what they're doing because they're influenced by the devil or come from the devil, and we're really the chosen people. That makes sense without Islam. And remember, this is not a group of people who had the, the Quran. So this is funny? Right. No, right. that's funny. Right. No, that wasn't a, a. You can talk all day and night about how the Nation of Islam teaches shirk. That's true. But that lecture was not about the Nation of Islam teaching shirk. That lecture was using the Nation of Islam teaching shirk as a, a footnote to making fun of black people to spit out their racism, to, to spew out their racism about how, how stupid black people are to think they're superior to anyone. Right. And it was hilarious. Right. And we both got quiet because we were like we were watching this video and it was clear that this was not about praising Allah. This was about making fun of black people, making fun of how could these lowly, ugly, less than people ever think that they're anything. And he hid behind the arguments of the shirk to to use his anti-black racism. And this is what's happening when we're talking about, for example, we started off talking about how one of my teachers in high school an Arab Muslim teacher in a public school, he tells me black people can never be Muslim. But what we need to realize is that when we begin to, to repeat sayings about what's happening to people's hearts and, and people who listen to music or do music are, are agents of shaitan and they can't love Allah, you're actually talking like the same thing. Yeah. Like you've decided that a servant of Allah cannot be beloved to him and you're speaking about something you have no knowledge of. Yep. Whereas we have a situation like, for example, we know, for example, murder is horrible. OK, but we have the famous story of a man who killed 99 people. OK, but his his regret and repentance and love of Allah was so much. He went and asked, how can he be forgiven? And one person who is known as this religious person tells him, no, you can never be forgiven. You killed 99 people. And what did the guy do? He killed him, too. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then he regretted it, and then he went on, and then he went on to the next, uh, the, ne the, the next town feeling bad. And the long story short, because you can read the hadith, but he died on the way when he was leaving. Okay, and the angels were disputing, like, is he of the paradise or the hellfire? And Allah said, if he is closer to the town where that he was leaving, meaning where he was killing those people, that he's of the people of the hellfire. And if he's closer to the town that he was going to, meaning when he was making hijrah, then he's of the people of paradise. And when the angels went to measure the earth, Allah stretched the earth 
and put him closer to the town that he was going to, and he ended up going to paradise. You don't know what's in anybody's heart. You don't even know what's in someone's heart when they commit a clear sin, let alone if they're involved in something where there's ikhtilaf, there's disagreement amongst the scholars like music. Who do we think we are? Like, I'm saying, really, like, are you that confident in yourself as a Muslim? You can literally look at another Muslim because they don't wear hijab, because they, 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 they struggle with, with some alcohol. And then these are clear sins. And then on top of that, something that's not even agreed upon that is haram, that they listen to music and you can literally say as the angels are writing and Allah is witnessing and you're going to be called on Yom Al-Qiyamah that this person has nifaq in their heart. They don't love Allah. They don't love the Quran. In fact, those two possibilities cannot exist in the same heart. Wow. All I can say is that's on your record, not mine. Sheikh so-and-so, I don't care what year he was born, he is not Allah and he is not the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when you go on the day of judgment and Allah asks you why you said it, when he and his messenger didn't say it, you ain't gonna be able to get off just saying, oh, Sheikh so-and-so said it. Because Sheikh so-and-so is gonna be standing being like, uh-uh, I repent it. <laughs> don't be putting that on me, okay? It's, you don't know what, what, what you're doing when you say these are very, very serious things. You have no right, and then more important than that, you don't even have a need to talk like that, so you need to be careful. We, we gotta. We're gonna have to block one of these dudes who's asking this question. Uh, who just asked? Oh, somebody asking. Yeah, so people people being uh, uh, Twitter gangsters or whatever the case may be. People have no okay, clue. Well, anyway, just let me know who it is. I'll take care. Of it. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, let's move on right now. Um, yeah. So going back to what we're saying, actually, you know, the, uh, the so the, the 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 bigger point of all of this is that we fight it. We have a war on two fronts. There's there's a lot of what's going on. A lot of what's going on is we are in very, very trying times right now, because especially as African-American Muslims, because we've got to fight. We've got to decipher between who's who's for us amongst our own kind. You know what I'm saying? And then we've got to fight. We've got to still protect our own hearts and we still have to protect our own belief and don't get in this reactionary situation. Um, um, situation where we're like, okay, because you did this to us, we're going to celebrate that, which we have no business celebrating. And then we get our own selves in trouble. Remember, Shaitan doesn't care how he gets you, only that he gets you, whether you're a victim or you're the privileged. So it's really important that, you know, we, we look at this from both sides. And yeah, we don't allow people to come and tell us, okay, you know what I'm saying? Everything that's black, unilaterally black is wrong. That's That ends that ends. That's done. We're done with that. We're exactly. done with that. We, we don't accept it. Go somewhere else with it. <laughs> done. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not going to, yeah, you're not going to sell me on like uh, that. Um, I'll put it like this. I'm not going into either extreme. I'm not going to accept either extreme. I'm not going right. to accept that everything that that's black is, is empowerment and good, even if they're worshiping ancestors, even if they're doing shutter. And I'm not going to accept that everything that's black is bad because the right. Arabs don't like it, right. you know, and I'm no longer going to um, I'm no longer going to sit and listen to people trying to use their anti-black, anti-Western trumped up Dalil to try to convince me that I can't be close to Allah if I have a different opinion. And what I and I challenge anyone who's of this extremism anti-music extremism and again when i say this i'm speaking this is different from believing it's haram because if you just believe it's haram and you try to fear allah you're you know allah 
blesses anyone who's trying to get sincere to him. You know, but if you're of this extremism, I challenge you, go look at how other issues are dealt with amongst the Muslims and the scholars. When it has this level of history with difference of opinion, and you tell me, in all honesty, in front of your own heart, are the people being fair? Are these discussions respectful? You have even lectures online where you have some scholars even getting into, they go way beyond even what the earlier people say. They now say these people are like uh, feminine women, men who do it. Uh, people are, if you do music, you're a homosexual. They say, if you're tapping your finger, this is how far it goes. If you're tapping your finger, then that's from Shaitan. Like, where is this? Like, if someone were to take another ruling uh, and make up something from Islam, like based on the ikhtilaf issue, and say these same exact things. If I were to say, and a woman who removes her niqab, uh, removing your niqab, you cannot have love of Allah in your heart if you remove your niqab, okay? If, if, um, if, you, if, if you live in the West, for example, and even stronger evidence, if you leave your country and come and live in the West, then you, are, then you have nifaq in your heart. It is impossible for you to become a citizen of the United States except that you have a sickness in your heart. You have nifaq in your heart. You're being influenced by shaitan. And the two things, the Western citizenship and iman cannot exist in the, in the same heart. Western citizenship and love of Quran, give me a break. Right. You're not going to say it because they want their little sons and daughters to graduate from Harvard University and be, and be accepted in the white culture. So they're not going to say that. Right. Okay. Give me a break. Okay. Right. So I, I'm not listening to it. And I'm just going to be really blunt. All the anti-music extremism and I differentiate between um, the people who just believe it's haram and fear Allah. The anti-music extremism is a bunch of bull crap, to put it nicely. It's a bunch of bull crap, and it's, and it's to tear down another culture, to silence difference of opinion, and to be bullying and abusive when you know you need to be respectful because you have more nuance with someone who c commits clear sins, like taking off the hijab or, 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 or struggling with alcohol or homosexuality, and you should be merciful to these people. You should be merciful to these people, but you are more cruel when it comes to music because we, you know that in the West, some of the most talented people in music amongst even the Muslims are African-Americans. And you don't want your children listening to that. So you would rather, you would rather make everybody believe it's all evil because the, the ends, uh, the justify the means. Right. I'm, 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 I'm also, I had to block a, a one or two people because they're trying to take this to some Bible discussion. And it's not, okay, it's not, go ahead. I'm sorry. I tried yeah. to look for it. Yeah, I, I, found, I found one. I'm, we're going to see if it's another one. because You were able to do, to do it? I was able to do one. I, I, I don't okay, know if, if, if some you. others come. Ahead, I, and if anybody else comes, please. We're not talking about the Bible. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about something very specific. We don't mind if you sit and listen. If you want to learn something about what we're dealing with within our own faith. But no, we're not cha changing the discussion. Um, we came here to talk about very specific things. Okay. And so um, lastly, because we've, we've gone about, I guess we've gone about um, almost an hour and a half now. We started around 830. Okay, um, I'm sorry. Is there any, before we go though, do, do you have any questions about um, what, uh, what we talked about here today, which was mainly, if, if I was to summarize it in a nutshell, it's two things that um, we're dealing with 
um, we get dealing with a lot of anti-black racism that's now drumming up, you know, even more today. And like literally lines are being drawn. But we're also dealing with within our own ranks. We're dealing with a lot of black people who are either confused about our religion or less. I'm going to be honest, don't care as much to protect the, the foundational tenets. And, 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 and as Muslims, we got to we got to have more self-love like. You know, I noticed earlier in the um, in the in the in the comments, somebody said something about Africans following African. I don't got I don't I don't impose my religion on nobody. Africans will follow whatever religion they want. Right. But I haven't I, I have I have absolutely every right to critique it based on my judgment system. You know, there's a group of people who are critiquing Black Panther right now saying there was no homosexuals in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, 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 because that's their judgment system. And they and, and they can do that with in America. They got a right to do that. Well, I'm a Muslim. Right. And so I get to critique it. You know, I get to say the good and bad. And I'm not one of those people who like just because it's good. I'm, you know, if I if I decide to 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 protect falsehood based on the greater good, then I'm no different than the scholars who we just talked about earlier who did that with black people, because that's what black, the scholars are doing. They're taking the worst, evil, bad examples and they're making that the greater good argument to erase black people. So we also cannot do that when we're as black people. When we're seeing things that go against our religion and our belief, because at the end of the day, that's what we're going to die upon. We're going to die. And and when we die, our skin, you know, our skin. Yes, people have used our skin, our class. They have used our skin. They have created this blackness, whiteness thing as a way to discriminate against us. But at the end of the day, when we die, it will literally wither away. It will literally go into the ground. Right. And our spirits will be left. And so therefore. Yes, we got to protect ourselves for ex- ex- physically, just like we got to eat the right foods, just like we got to understand what we put in our bodies and our ears and our brains. But we got to protect our souls even more so, because if we don't, then we're going to lose the battle anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And remember something. A lot of the we need to have things that you know uplift people with darker skin. But remember something that the create this argument about black and white and even some of the the, the creation of uh, these groups and races it wasn't actually from Adam alayhi salam it wasn't from Allah he said he created us nations and tribes so we would know each other that's it that's right there was nothing else but because of the oppression because of the racism that a lot of the, the concept of race whether we want to accept it or not in the way that it's taught and understood in the western colonized regions and in the United States of America was created by, by the white power structure for a purpose of bringing us down. So we can respond to it, you know, and, and fight against it, and we should, but at the same time, we can't forget that beneath this skin is a soul. And more important than what color you are, or what country you're from, is that you're going back to Allah. You're going back into that grave. And, and no, I'm not gonna accept something as 100% good just because it comes from black people. And no, I'm not going to accept something as a, 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 a 100% bad because it comes from black people. And I don't follow the, the racist ideology that says imitation of the disbelievers is anything that comes from the West or anything that comes from black people and stuff like that. You know, because that's another thing we didn't get to talk, touch on, because even amongst outside of the music itself, there are fatawa there that teach that even rapping. Yeah. You know, even the hand movements, yeah. African-American hairstyles. Voice only performances are haram. Right. Okay, so I'm not. So it's not just music. It's an anti-black, anti-Western 
but especially anti-black when it comes to entertainment, ideology that they're trying to pass off as Islam. And I challenge you, if you want to see the hypocrisy and the teachings, go look at the evidences from the Quran and Sunnah about what Allah says in the Quran and what the Prophet said about living in lands and where the Muslims are weak and oppressed and also moving away from the Muslims and settling in the West and see what he says about that and see what he says about music. And then you can tell right away that there's another thing going on besides somebody worried about what's happening in your soul as you're listening to uh, music versus the Quran. I'm gonna tell you that, but, as a, but as, before we end, I will say this, we do need to take care of our souls. We need to be saying our prayers every day, all five on time. We need to be uh, engaging with the Quran daily. And when we're studying about our religion, studying the Quran in the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed it. And just because it's in Arabic, this has nothing to do with the Arabs. Language is, a, is, a, is something that all people have had over the, the different tongues and stuff like that all over time. So we need to make sure that we don't take from this that Arabs or Daisies are bad or black people are good or black people are bad and Arabs and Daisies are good. No, the only superiority that any of us has is taqwa, is, is our relate our fear, our consciousness, our connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we need to get ready to die because that's what's happening. Every single moment you're alive, the clock is ticking. Every breath that you take is a countdown to when your soul is being taken from your body. And when you go in that ground, and you have to answer the three questions of the grave, you just better be able to answer them because you're not coming back. And don't mix your religion with shirk, whether it's worshiping your culture, whether it's Arab culture, whether it's Desi culture, whether it's black culture, whether it's African spirituality, don't play with your religion. Learn how to appreciate something that's good and, and, and uplifting without compromising who you are. You don't have to empower yourself by devaluing yourself and disrespecting yourself. And what I mean by that is learn how to appreciate things, but be honest about where it was it was failing when it comes to your dean, when you're coming from the perspective of principles. If it's just art, oh, it was nice, it was, yeah. But we, let's be real, when it comes to things like Beyonce's Lemonade and Formation and, 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 and Black Panther, it's gone beyond just art for many people. It's empowerment and it's fine. It's no problem with that. But if you're going to bring it into principles, remember your principles have to be rooted in what Allah said and then appreciate the other principles while acknowledging where it was faulty in terms of the shirk and, and, um, and it wasn't made for you. But uh, you know that's the, basically what I wanna say is take care of your souls at the end of the day, that's most important. And we need to end this racism and, and, and um, using Islam as a weapon to go against certain groups of people just because we don't like them. And we need to be very careful, whether it's for music or against music, because I experienced both. You know, we, we shouldn't get into that. If someone is trying to fear a law and they don't listen to music, we should respect that. If someone's trying to fear a law and they, you, they listen to music sometimes, whatever, we should respect that. You're not the master of the day of judgment and you need to realize that. Yeah. And so and with that, we're going to again say that we have a podcast called Label Deep. Um, again, it's called Label Deep, L-A-B-E-L -E Deep, uh, where we discuss these types of issues. You can find it on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play Music. If you have an Android, you can also find it at UZAuthor.com slash Label Deep. Um, uh, we have a, a, a live event actually about prejudice and racism within uh, uh, the, the Muslim ranks. Uh, 
We have a live event on Saturday, January 24th. We hope to stream it live, and then we hope to have one more discussion either Wednesday or Thursday of next week. We'll announce it soon about what we discussed regarding that. Uh, and um, and then we're going to move on to a, a, a deeper topic, even a, an even deeper topic, uh, dealing with family issues and relating to your mother and father, obeying parents, following yeah. your ancestors, following your fathers and mothers and that type of thing. Um, and that's uh, with the book Reverse in the Wounds That Broke You. So uh, stay tuned. It's, this is this. We intend for this to be a consistent uh, conversation. And then lastly, hey, look, you know, every uh, I don't we don't need to agree on everything. We don't need to agree on everything. Let's just try to make sure that we guard, as she said, guard our foundational beliefs, guard our our belief, our, guard our study of the Quran, make the study of the Quran. Remember that 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 everything in this world is programming you right now. Your job is to make the Quran the, what programs you the most, because everything is programming you. When you make an action, it's based on your program. By the time you actually make an action, you've already studied or trained for that action. And your, it's your it's your move to make your training such that you thinking along the lines of what the Quran is saying. So make that the, and then make your prayer your best friend. The coolness that you make your prayer your your best friend. Keep that's how you program. It's this life, not just Islam. This life is about reminders. Trust me, non-believers know that this life about, is about reminders just as much as as believers do. That's why advertising um, um, sends commercials to you every 10, 12, 15 times to tell you something. This life is about reminders. Your job is to make sure that you are getting, giving yourself the right, right reminders. We'll talk to you later. Uh, this is Khalil Ismail and Om Zakia uh, with the label Deep Discussion. And we're going to save this discussion and also put it in the podcast lineup. So if you haven't heard the whole thing, um, you'll get a chance to listen to the whole thing. If you have any questions, uh, you can um, email info at inspirednation.com. If you have any stories, Maybe we'll discuss those stories in our next discussion. That's info at Inspire Nation with the E. E E in, in inspirenation.com with the E. Any any last any last words on Zakia? Well, and I'll just say that you all can find the information. Some people are saying they couldn't see clearly the um, the title of the book. Um, we, one is Prejudice Bones in My Body, the other one is Reverencing the Wombs That Broke You. And it's talking about um, trauma in families. Uh, you can find all this information at uzauthor.com. That's like my initials, you know, umzakiaauthor.com. And you'll find a link to the podcast. You'll find a link to the books, all of that. If you just go to uzauthor.com, you can download, subscribe. And inshallah, we'll be doing this every week. Thank you all for joining us. Anything good that we said is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anything that's wrong or bad is from ourselves or Shaytan. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for anything that we said that's wrong. If we inadvertently hurt anyone, offended anyone, uh, we ask you to forgive us. Keep us in your dua. We're not perfect. We're just two children of Adam begging and hoping for Allah's mercy and forgiveness. And I hope you will keep us uh, in your prayers.